Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're going to look at three films from celebrated director Anurag Basu. First up, Basu channels Billy Wilder and David Lean in 2007's ensemble drama, Life in a Metro. <laughs> then Basu teams up with uh, Rambir Kapoor in his critically acclaimed 70s era rom-com, Barfi. Finally, we turn to Basu's latest venture, his long-awaited teen detective mystery, Jaga Jasus. Uh, welcome back, Matt. Welcome back, lovers. Thank you. Welcome back to my house. <laughs> yes, well, I'm, mo- I'm, I'm mostly welcoming the listeners back to the show. Or if it's your first time here, welcome, welcome. We're happy welcome, to have listeners. you. Welcome, uh, listeners. There's storms a-brewing off in the distance, so hopefully we're able to get this episode done without... An electrical mm-hmm. outage. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we're a little afraid that the power is going to go out based on uh, uh, the weather report. But dramatic tension. Can you feel it, uh, Matt? Before we get into the main episode today, we have a, a couple things to report on. Uh, first of all, as we have mentioned in a previous episode, my mother is now listening to the show. Hello, Marnie. Yeah. Uh, and she's told me that I need to not turn my head when I'm speaking at the microphone because it's hard to hear me. So I'm going to do my best to improve my radio voice uh, and general head direction on the show. Please let me know if you notice a difference. I'm sure my mother will. Erin has a lot of gesticulation that she does. I don't know <laughs> if you fully get it all in audio, but there's a lot of hand movements mm-hmm. and head mm-hmm. moving around and flipping a hair around and all kinds of stuff happening. So mm-hmm. um, if there was a video version of this podcast, she would be a lot more exciting to look at than me. <laughs> uh, my mother also watched a film that we recommended on the show. She listened to one of our episodes, heard us talk about a film, and she said to me, you know, I'd really like to see that. So she watched Adele Dazak Naito, and guess what, Matt? What? She loved it. Wasn't that our very first episode? We talked about that. Mm -hmm. That was a good intro movie, and I guess it worked. Yeah. She watched the kind of central dance sequence in the the one take on the ship. I think it's Galleon Goulian. Mm -hmm. She watched that twice, uh, and I think she really liked Farinactar, which, Mm -hmm. I mean... Who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't really like Farinactar? Farinactar is great. Uh, So we look forward to seeing what she thinks of Talvar. That's what she's going to watch next. Yeah. Featuring Irfan Khan, who also features in Life and a... Metro. Metro. <laughs> uh, something else that's happening this episode is you are chugging two beers. I will be drinking two beers in stubborn defiance of the censorship board. Right. Yeah. Not so much chugging, because that doesn't make for good radio. No. But I will be drinking two beers over the course of this recording. hmm So, what do you think of that, censors? This is in uh, response, of course, to the censorship board uh, asking filmmakers to not feature actors drinking in films mm-hmm. and to blur out labels of bottles, which is stupid. Mm. Um, so we should say what we are drinking. Yeah, we're, we're drinking some Samuel Adams Fresh as Hells. Hell is, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't quite understand what this beer is. It, I just like the label. It's kind of a, um, I think it's kind of a Hefeweizen Hellas sort of thing. Oh, Hellas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the kind of beer. I thought it was going to be like a Corona, but it's not. It no, it's more, it's it. more of a, a wheat type thing with a, a little hint of uh, um, uh, citrus. Yeah. It's, it's enjoyable actually, so far, and I'm looking forward to drinking another one. It's okay. It's not my kind of thing, which yeah. is funny because I picked it out, but oh well. But yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous that uh, the censorship board wants to nanny state the whole country into not seeing alcohol. Yeah. I mean... This might make sense in some of the states where alcohol is prohibited, maybe, mm-hmm. but um, it's ridiculous to try and legislate something that people could see in their own lives, yeah. I think. If, if yeah. a child can you know, see their parents calmly enjoy a nice uh, adult beverage, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, not, it's not illegal to see that. It also really limits the kinds of stories you can tell. And this is in a, in a film culture where the most popular narrative is about an alcoholic. Dev yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how would you... It's like doing uh, The Beautiful and the Damned without alcohol in it. It's, it, it the, one of the classic tales of the, of the cinema is mm-hmm. based on someone dealing with alcohol and the ramifications of alcohol. Yeah. Because that's the thing. If... If they said that it was like glorifying alcohol and there's never any depiction of what happens afterward, okay, maybe they have a leg to stand on. But Devdas is all about ruining your whole life yeah. by becoming an alcoholic. 
I mean, not every movie has to go that deep into what can happen, mm-hmm. but some of them do. And if you take that uh, away from the filmmakers, there's less examination of that as a societal, um, you know, element. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, screw you, censor board. I'm going to chug a beer <laughs> right now. Here we got it. We should cheers to. Drinking beer. To freedom. To podcasting. And to Andy Ragabasu, the topic, uh, the per- the man of the hour mm-hmm. uh, for this episode. Yeah. Andy Ragabasu, he's a Bengali uh, film- a filmmaker of Bengali descent. Yes. I don't think he really does a lot of Bengali films. He mostly works in the Hindi uh, yeah. world yeah. nowadays. Yeah, he makes but, Bollywood films. But there is a um, Bengali focus in mm-hmm. his filmmaking. Mm-hmm. and. I feel like I've actually learned some Bengali history um, after watching these movies, especially Jagajasus, which I did not see coming. Mm. I didn't realize that I would learn about uh, the INA and uh, a, a weapons drop. So, yeah. Yeah, some, some uh, you know, um, history of the area. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. And I like that about him. I think um, of the urban centers outside of... Uh, Mumbai that you see in films. I mean, we want to go to Goa. Goa looks great. Yeah. By the way, people party there all the time. That's one of the reasons we want to go. Censor <laughs> board. Um, but uh, Bengal looks like one of the most um, interesting locations. Mm. And I, if we go to India, I would love. I want to go there for sure. Yeah, I, I want to see it. Calcutta would be amazing. Calcutta and like depicted in movies like yeah. Beyond Kishbakshi and mm-hmm. uh, um, some of the Basu films. It looks great and yeah. it. You know, I, I like the style. Like, there's a different sort of clothing style, especially for mm-hmm. men. Looks really cool, and yeah, it, it would definitely be worth checking out. So, I, I always enjoy um, seeing Hindi films, but with a Bengali flavor. And that leads me to revealing that we're starting a Patreon to fund our uh, whirlwind trip to India, where we will quit our jobs and travel all over the country. <laughs> yeah, that's not actually <laughs> happening. If we got a Patreon, we would maybe be able to buy a couple beers, but. Uh, yeah, we'll keep that in our back pocket. But maybe. one day, one day we'll quit our jobs and we'll we'll travel all over India. Basu got his career in television. So he's got to be, you know, there's not a lot of filmmakers who started in television. Like nowadays, you're going to have them, but television well, didn't become a huge deal until later on in India's history. Well, maybe not directors, but the biggest actor in the industry, Shahrukh Khan. He did. He yeah, started in television. But it's interesting to see a um, a director coming out of television because we don't yeah. seem to see that a lot. Yeah, we don't, and I think it's partly because, uh, from what I understand of the Indian television industry, um, is that it's it can be very regional and it's a lot of soap operas. And mythological um, and, and mythological, yeah. yeah. So they did a version of uh, the Ramayana that was yeah. extremely popular um, in the eighties or nineties. Um, I'm not completely up on my knowledge of Indian television, um, but from what I've seen, there's a lot of kind of soap operas, mythological soap operas, and uh, reality shows. And Amir shows. Khan's show, yeah, it's kind of Oprah esque yeah, show. talk shows, yeah. Um, yeah, so, kind of novelty, um, not panel shows, but sort of like the Japanese style where a bunch of like weird things are shown to yeah. some local ce- like celebrities and you see their reactions to stuff. A lot yeah. of them are on Netflix and um, a lot of that humor is very difficult to parse mm-hmm. for us. I, I've tried to watch it a few times. Um, there's also a Rabindranath Tagore show that uh, Basu worked on, yes. which is on Netflix. I'm still interested in seeing it. Yeah, so he is still working in television. And I should also say uh, he met Ekta Kapoor, the uh, film producer, um, when he was also working to TV. So she has also gone from TV mm. to uh, film. Uh, so, yeah, he's still working in television, and that's very much kind of where he started. Um, but eventually, in the early 2000s, in 2003, he made the move to film with his debut film, Kuch Tohai, which is a slasher film. It's a remake of I Know What You Did Last Summer. However, he left the production halfway through. <laughs> Probably a good move. I mean, I've seen the original, and I can't imagine that uh, going to India made it a better movie. You know? You no. don't think so? Okay. Well, in 2004, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and he directed, I believe this was his third film, um, to... Tumsa Nahin Deka from his hospital bed. Wow, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, he used a dictaphone and his producers kind of helped him complete the project and he uh, beat leukemia. 
That's amazing. Since he's gone on to have a celebrated career, he de- he directed three other films for Mahesh Bhatt, uh, Seiya, Murder, and Gangster. Gangster is notable for being Kangana Ranowitz's debut feature film, and it's also the first film that he made with Pritam. Mm. These are all kind of adult thrillers, or in the case of Gangster, it's a crime film. But Murder has spawned uh, a whole series of films. Murder um, 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's murder very- three, murder for free, <laughs> murder four. Let's murder some more. I mean, these are all classic titles. Yeah, uh, and murders about adultery, which was you know rather wait, wait, hold, shocking hold, hold. at the time. Murders about adultery. Yes. Why isn't it called adultery? Well, because I'm sure that there's a murder in it. Okay, I mean that's a little bit of false advertising, but sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure. How do you think the murder is motivated? I don't know. <laughs> Should call it murder. Following adultery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adultery, then murder. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a Chinese title then, like, adultery, then murder. Okay. Uh, he also directed Kites in 2010, which uh, yeah. <laughs> stars Rithik Roshan, Barbara Mori, and Kangana Ranowit. Uh, we alluded to many times uh, that we weren't going to talk about Kites, mm-hmm. or that we were, at the very least, we're going to rewatch Kites. Mm-hmm. We've seen Kites. Matt, what do we think of Kites? What is Kites? I think I might have said it on uh, Twitter, but it's sort of like if the Julio Iglesias video for... Uh, no, Enrique. It's not a Julio Iglesias. It's an Enrique Iglesias video for Hero, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen that one. It's sort of like if that was a two-hour and a half... Be yeah. It was. It's like if that was a two-and-a-half-hour movie yeah. for some reason. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Rithik Roshan plays... Let me remember if I know. Get this right it's off like the top of my head. He's like a con artist in Vegas. He's like no, I don't think he's a con artist. I think he's a professional saxophone player. Okay. And Vegas in this uh, reality is controlled utterly by Hindi gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> and he crosses one of them, runs off with his woman, and they go down to Mexico. Yeah, yeah. and his it's woman not is, very good. Yeah, and it's a it's a bilingual film. It's in Hindi and Spanish. Actually, there's a lot of English in it too. So it's a trilingual film. Uh, and like she doesn't speak Hindi and he doesn't speak uh, Spanish, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they they both have a little English. Yeah. Uh, there is a cut that was edited by Brett Ratner. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you want to punch up this movie, you get you get Ratner. Kite's yeah. remix, I believe it's called. I think this was very much an attempt at kind of like a crossover hit. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anyone kind of outside of people interested in Bollywood are aware of this film. Like, were they trying to do maybe bring uh, Rithik to America like Jackie Chan or something? Like, trying to break him out as a star over there? Maybe, but I mean, this movie is so, it's so schmaltzy. Mm-hmm. It's so goofy. And it's just like, it's at times unwatchable. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Did not care for kites. You made me watch it. <laughs> I didn't Fairly make, early on in the in the process of preparing. I didn't make you watch it. We were researching the podcast. I know. Fairly <laughs> early on in the researching pro- process, you made me watch kites. <laughs> Almost quit the project right there and then. Really? Yeah, it's. Oh, it's a mess. I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe there's some defense out there somewhere for it, but at the time, uh, we'd only really seen some great performances from Rithik Roshan, and I think this was the first one we saw that we went, oh, no, no. Yeah, I don't know if we saw this before or after Zindagi Namalegi Dabara, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talk about a swing in uh, <laughs> um, quality of films right there. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, but before he made Kites, he made Life in A... Metro. Metro. There's an ellipsis there. It's life in a ellipsis metro. Yeah. Uh, in 2007. It's almost like there's a different series of like life in a small town or life in a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he should make more of these? I don't know. I'd be, I'd be interested to see life in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Various people falling in love with each other on a submarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it has an... All-star ensemble cast. It did have a great cast, yeah. Uh, Darmendra, K.K. Menon, Irfan Khan, Sharman Joshi, Shiny Auja, Nafasia Ali, Shipla Shetty, and Kankana Sen Sharma. Mm-hmm. The, and Kangana Ranawat, too. Yes, and Kangana Ranawat. Uh, the plot incorporates elements from Billy Wilder's The Apartment and from David Lean's Brief Encounter. And it's this ensemble narrative about people 
finding and losing love in Mumbai and the complexities that come with that. Alienation mm-hmm. and army. Yeah. It's uh And I think I think you could really say that like the city itself is <laughs> a if, character unto itself. It if I were writing very... marketing copy for the film, I would certainly say that, you know, really the city is the most important character in the movie. That yeah. bus stop that they go to a bunch of times, that one guy's apartment, you know, it's a rich tapestry. It has a very kind of like New York rom com indie feel. Yeah, it it does feel like a like a uh Oh, it actually kind of feels like something like Valentine's Day or... Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of that uh, that 90s Angelina Jolie, Dennis Quaid movie, Patricia Clarkson, uh, oh, Gina Rollins, playing by heart. Never seen it. No, no. It's 11 articulate... 11 articulate people work through affairs of the heart in L.A. Articulate. That's a really weird <laughs> depiction. That's the IMDb description. 11 articulate people. Yeah. Okay. I think you could say something similar about this film. They are able to articulate their thoughts into words. So, yes, I would say that they are articulate. Yeah. Uh, it was critically well-received, and it won the Film Firm Award for Best Supporting Actor and Actress for Irfan Khan and Kankana Sharma, as well as for screenplay. Matt, do you want to set up what the plot of the film is? Okay. What's so everyone's story? We here? have, what, four different main relationships, mm-hmm. I guess you'd say? Kind of the main um, relationship at the middle of this movie is K.K. Menon and uh, Shilpa Shetty, mm-hmm. who play a married couple. They've been married about eight years. They have an eight-year-old daughter. But they are extremely unhappy. Mm-hmm. They fight all the time. Their daughter is uh, kind of scared of them. And they both um, pursue extramarital affairs. Yeah. Uh, K.K. Menon is basically the bad guy from the movie The Apartment. Yeah. In that he's um, not blackmailing, but kind of dangling a promotion in front of his uh, subordinate mm-hmm. if he uses his apartment, as do all the other men at this uh, company that he yeah. works at. So he uses the apartment to bring uh, Kangana Ranewood by. And, yeah, it's pretty sorted. Mm-hmm. Uh Shopachetti, on the other hand, has a more of a chaste romance on her end. It's yeah. much more romantic and emotional. She meets a young actor at a uh, bus stop, and this is very much the the brief encounter plot line. Yeah, um, you know they they have a a very uh, meeting of the minds sort of feel to each other. He's a little bit younger than her, I think, mm-hmm. and you know if it had been them two meeting first rather than her getting married to her husband it probably would have worked really well as it stands though they you know she feels very guilty about uh, leaving her family i guess Mm -hmm. to uh shack up with this guy and they basically only have one night together and she she's a stay-at-home mother so she um on her sort of and a former dancer and a former dancer like she used to she she wish that you should actually work Mm -hmm. but she goes to like exercise classes and Hangs out with her family, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's related to Kankana Sen Sharma. I think yep. she's her sister, right? Yep. Who is also Kankana Ranawit's um, uh, roommate. Um, this never came up, apparently, but uh, she never mentioned it to her. Uh, but uh, Kankana Sen Sharma is a young woman who is desperately looking for love. She mm-hmm. has not found it. And she goes on a series of dates with people. Uh, she works at a radio station. And uh, has a brief romance with uh, one of the announcers on the radio station, one of the hosts. But uh, her main um, romance over the course of the film is with Irfan Khan, who she meets on a pretty disastrous first date, I'd say. Um, Irfan makes the pretty unavoidable error of uh, looking at her breasts. (laughs) Um, Like, not surreptitiously, too, just like, and. She's understandably somewhat put off by this. But, like, they actually have good conversations and they become friends later on. Yeah. So that's one part of the story. Uh, Also, um, there's the guy who owns the apartment. That's Shaman Joshi, Mm -hmm. right? So he, in his uh, kind of quest to get a better job at this this firm, he's renting out his apartment. But he also sort of falls in love with Kanganarano along the way. And you find out that... Um, while he's definitely a careerist, he's trying to save a bunch of money to open his family's old restaurant again. 
Um, he did make the mistake of telling his enemy, K.K. Menon, that he wants to do this. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of holding that over his head. But um, he meets uh, Kongana outside of this relationship. And they, you know, they kind of strike up a conversation together. But then he finds out that that's who his boss has been shacked up with. Yeah. So a little bit of tension there. And finally, in the uh, last part of the story, Darmendra and Nafsali who I believe is Shilpa and uh, Konkana Sen Sharma's aunt? Dance teacher. Dance teacher. But they call her auntie because she's an older yeah. person. Yeah. Um, anyway, they are former old flames who never actually got married to each other and just kind of mm-hmm. uh, romanced on the side and never really got to consummate it. But in their old age, have gotten together. But unfortunately, Darmendra is uh, not long for the world. And... Honestly, that's the part of the movie I would strip out of this. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, love triangle or quadrangle or pentacle or whatever you'd call it between all these other people is interesting. But the Darmendra um, Nafsa story is just not. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't do a lot with the fact that uh, he's apparently dying and... It's basically just these two old people hanging out and having a good time while everyone else is very depressed about their romantic situation. Yeah, it's, it has a very kind of um, Nicholas Sparks attitude towards it where the older generation teaches the younger generation how to love. But do and, they? Yeah. I mean, I don't even think most of the younger generation is even around to see them with each other. No. Uh, Shopachetti sees them, and I think Kankana uh, Sharma maybe sees them a little mm-hmm. bit, but... For the most part, they're off in their own little, their own other movie. Yeah, they're oh, yeah. they're off in uh, you know on Golden Pond or something, while the rest <laughs> of them are having this uh, enemy in the city type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, they they do kind of feel a bit more tacked onto the story and less connected than the rest of the characters. Yeah. Now, Matt, I have always cited the apartment as one of my favorite classic movies, where you could not kind of make it nowadays. You could not update that story because it's just way too sexist and way too um, set in its time period that nowadays it would just be unfathomable to, to kind of to make this film. Well, I mean... But here we are in 2007. Yeah, only 10 years ago. The, the apartment. And I think that that storyline is the most interesting one in mm-hmm, the movie. Mm-hmm. And... A careerist young man working his way up a uh, corporate ladder. I mean, that's uh, something that still happens. And in a culture where extramarital affairs are even more secretive than normal, Mm -hmm. and it kind of works. Yeah, it does. And I I think the film is a lot more forgiving to to Shirley MacLaine's character, who who kind of got around to what is playing here. Than, than, than they than it is in the Wilder film. Like for example, uh, Charmin Josie doesn't kind of trap her in the apartment for as long as Shirley MacLaine gets trapped in the apartment in the apartment, mm-hmm. which is kind of one of the big issues with that film. Is it's about you know it's this romance where the man won't let the woman like leave. Yeah, <laughs> and like that, breathless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just the kind of thing that, you know, nowadays I don't think we'd go over, but they managed to kind of, to, to take the elements of that film and update it in, you know, in, in this kind of Mumbai context, uh, that actually works. And I think you actually, and I, and I do love Shirley MacLaine in, in the apartment. There's a direct call out to her as well that you see a book cover that Mm -hmm. Shirley MacLaine's on. Yeah. And I do think you feel for her, but, uh, Kanika Ranawit brings a lot of depth. To this performance. It's she very, looks completely different. She, she looks like she's a baby. Young. Yeah. yeah, she's very young here. But I don't I love the long hair on her, actually. I think. Well, and it's straight. Yeah, I like the Miss Julia uh, kind of curly bob look. I like that. Yeah. But I think, you know, like she brings a lot of depth to that performance. It's very. She's an ingenue clear. for sure. Oh, yeah. It's very clear that she, she has talent. Um, as does everyone else in the stack. I mean, this. As does everyone else in this cast. I mean, this cast is stacked. My favorites are unsurprisingly Irfan Khan and Kankana Sancharma. And that that narrative felt the most original, partly mm-hmm. because it's not based on another film. True. Um, but I think also because like the chemistry, like there's a really natural chemistry between Kankana Sancharma and Irfan Khan that everything about like that, you know, 
little romance feels very believable, even if kind of the ending is a bit of, you know, movie. It's a little over the top, let's say. We don't want to say what goes on, but it, you know, it goes to a place. Mm -hmm. Do you think they would have gotten together had he not been blatantly checking her out in their first date? Mm -mm. No? Mm -mm. You think it would have just been... She would have found something... She would have found a reason not to yeah. go with him. Or you don't think that maybe, like, she remembered him that way? Like, it would have just been, like, an anonymous date. They shook hands, walk away. Like, she just remembered him as being kind of an asshole after yeah, that. But I she mean, did remember him, though. Yeah, I think it's. I think the film makes it very clear that she's looking for a perfect guy who doesn't exist. And yeah. so, up until the point that she actually accepts that, she was never going to, you know, say yes to any of these guys. And Irfan is the perfect guy. He is. He can do anything. He can do anything. Uh, but what did you think of this movie on the whole? I I liked it. It felt a bit like something I'd seen before. Um, because you have seen two of the movies before. Cause, yeah, because I have seen two of the films before. And it just, you know, it... I appreciated the maturity in it, you know, dealing with adult relationships. But overall, I just wasn't overly interested, I guess. Like, it just it just feels like, you know, um, well-treaded territory, maybe not in Bollywood, but in film. Uh, there's an interesting approach to the score in this mm-hmm. film yeah. as a band, one of which is... And this uh, is Pritam. Pritam, yeah. yeah. There's three guys... Um, who punctuate the emotional moments of the movie mm-hmm. with uh, songs. And while I always appreciate a scene in which someone is playing an electric guitar that is not plugged in, <laughs> um, I think this does, in these three films, it does show uh, Basu's sort of uh, um, relationship to music in his movies. Mm-hmm. He does foreground it very, very much. Yeah. And... I think it is interesting that uh, he makes such a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I love the sort of uh, over-the-top power ballads that uh, they're doing in this movie, but I did appreciate the idea of, you know, this soundtrack is actually happening on the streets alongside it. Yeah, you know, it just... this Nothing about this film really felt Bollywood to me. Like, it just mm-hmm. felt like Basu's attempt to make more of a Hollywood-style film. 90s indie comedy about uh, people in a city. Exactly. 90s Hollywood indie comedy. to me, I've just... I've seen it, and the kind of soft rock score didn't do anything for me. You know, I really... I can see why people, you know, enjoyed the film when it came out. You know, I I see how it is um, something fresh and different in the Bollywood film industry, but for me personally... You know, it just didn't It didn't connect. I do think a lot of these performances are very good. It did have an interesting visual look to it, too. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head, which I guess is roughly concurrent time-wise, would be boot. Mm-hmm. Because there's a bit of a fisheye lens effect you get a lot and mm-hmm. kind of anamorphic stretching of people. Yeah. And, you know, fuzzing out at the edges of the screen as you focus in on the the main action. It doesn't feel like everything was shot on a studio either. Like no, it feels it feels like it's in yeah. in a city. Yeah. In a metro, you might in, say. In a metro. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't love it either, but I... Having seen it last out of all of these uh, Basu films that we watched, mm-hmm. I thought it was more interesting just to see how he developed... Like the idea of the music being present, right, and a very ostentatious visual style that mm-hmm. doesn't match his other two movies. No, nope, but there is, uh, a, there is a very stark, both aesthetic and tonal shift from this film and Kites to what we're about going to talk about. Yeah, but it, I, it was fun to see his progression backwards, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And this one, I guess, it, it does kind of make sense coming out of TV. I would say that this. Visually resembles TV more than film. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. we're a little lukewarm on that one. Yeah. Well, that brings us to Interval. Yeah. And beer number two. Oh, okay. How do you like that, sensor board? I know you guys <laughs> listen. Uh, so, when we come back, we're going to be discussing Barfi and Jagajasus. But first, we have a song sample from Jagajasus. This is Gati Se Mistake. Confuse me, red, Mashwara Mera, who was a market deck. Yeah, he, you might have a mistake. Yeah, he, you might 
So that was a sample from Guilty Say Mistake from Jagged Jesus, a movie I loved. Which is in theaters now. Yeah. Not often for us that we're watching, we're talking about a movie that is currently in theaters, but yeah, mm-hmm. go see it. What are you waiting for? Put your phone down. Go see a movie. <laughs> it's so good. But anyway, Barfy, also really good. Yeah. Before we get to Jagged Jesus, we have to talk about Barfy. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2012. It stars Rambir Kapoor, Priyanka Chopra, and Elena de Cruz. Her debut, is it not? Her Bollywood debut. Okay. Yeah, she'd appeared in some Telugu films and I believe some Tamil films, but this is her first Bollywood film. Yeah. It was a huge box office and critical hit. It won seven Filmfare Awards, including Best Film and Best Actor, and it was India's official entry to the 85th Academy Awards. It should have won. Whatever else was that year, screw them. Yeah. Barfi was sweet. Yeah. Uh, the For those unaware, the title um, translates roughly to fudge. Barfi is a dessert in India, a fudge-like dessert. Uh, however, here it is also referring to the name of the main character played by Rambir Kapoor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in West Bengal. Uh, Rambir Kapoor is a Nepalese boy. Mm-hmm. He has grown up deaf and mute, and so he, you know, communicates with his uh, expressions. Before. He is a silent film star, but not by choice. Yes, basically. Very much. Um, and the only thing he really can say is "barfy." Barfy. Uh, the film is uh, narrated by Elena de Cruz. She plays uh, Shruti Sengupta. And it covers... A name that you notice comes up in uh, Jagged Jesus as well. It does, yes. Yeah. And, and there's a Shruti in Life in a... Metro. Metro. Yeah. Uh, there's she, a hand movement there. You, you didn't see it, but Aaron goes, Life in a... Mm-hmm. Metro. Exactly. Uh, she narrates the film, and uh, the story covers roughly kind of 30 years in the life of these three people. Mm-hmm. And it jumps around in... In timeline. Yeah, it's from the 70s to about uh, the modern day of the film. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Priyanka Chopra plays a woman who is autistic. Yeah. And I think she does a pretty good job of depicting that affliction. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, she plays a a special needs character uh, who who gets drawn into kind of the romance between uh, Barfi and Shruti um, and also kind of brings a lot of uh, hijinks to their life as she gets uh, repeatedly kidnapped yes. <laughs> and uh, her well-off family is given a series of ransom notes. Barfi is very much a guy who brings hijinks to every situation. Mm-hmm. He enjoys getting drunk and playing tricks on the the uh, chief of police. One of his big ones is to saw a kind of chunk out of a light, uh, a like a light pole. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of dare people to stand next to him as it falls down. <laughs> yes. That's pretty good. But there's also a great one where he, uh, when he first meets Elena Cruz, um, and he tries kind of hitting on her, and she says, no, I'm not really that interested. I'm kind of seeing someone right now. He literally runs across to the uh, clock tower on the other side <laughs> of town, rewinds it back and says, like, well... He doesn't say it. He kind of signs it, I guess. And he gives a note. He gives her a note. Yeah. And he says, you know, let's go back to 15 minutes ago where I didn't put my foot in my mouth. And we'll just talk like we're friends. Which talk. is yeah. Air quotes. Yeah. I can't talk. But it is just kind of a hilarious little anecdote. And there's a ton of great physical comedy in this movie. Oh, my God. Yes. And this is a really kind of fresh take on the Bollywood love triangle that we see all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because um, two of the characters uh, have disabilities. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a real kind of um, empathetic portrayal mm-hmm. to these characters. This is not coming off as kind of, um, you know, overinflated sentimentality. Like they're trying to inject their film with a level of innocence, childlike innocence that it doesn't deserve. This feels very respectful and very empathetic and we actually heard from a listener who you know who really appreciated uh Priyanka Chopra's performance yeah. because they themselves have a child who has special needs. Yeah, and uh, it seems like it's a lot closer to black 
and its depiction of someone mm-hmm. with some pretty debilitating disabilities, especially for Barfies. It's a lot of it's a lot of work not being able to talk or hear. Yeah. Uh, it's closer to black than it is to say too blight. Yeah, but I want to stress that the film is not about. It's um, not mockish sentimentality. No, but it's also not about these characters living with their disabilities. They happen to be people who have disabilities, but that is not the thing that. Um, defines them were the central kind of point of the film. Yeah, it's it's more about wacky hijinks <laughs> and kind of a screwball comedy. Sort and of a vibe. really lovely kind of love story between three people. And a love story between a director and silent movies. Yes. You can tell, even from Life in a Metro, based on David Lean and Billy Wilder, yeah. that Anirag uh, Basu really appreciates older Hollywood movies. So this movie plays a lot with um, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd. And I think also Raj Kapoor. Raj Kapoor. Who we haven't seen yet in a film, but we really need to go back and do a Raj Kapoor episode because uh, Ranbir Kapoor is Raj Kapoor's grandson. Mm -hmm. And he evokes him in his best roles. Like this, this is what Ranbir Kapoor does. Ranbir Kapoor should be like a children's movie star. Um, and always be doing like physical comedy. He doesn't yeah. need to be, you know, as much as I love films like Yajwani Haidwani or uh, Tamasha, yeah. I just, you know, Rambir Kapoor, he's not a struggling he's artist. He's not a heartthrob either. No, he's, he's not a heartthrob. He's kind of the guy who grows on you and, uh, you know. He is best when he's doing, and, and he does this in Sawaria too. Yeah. When he's doing physical comedy. Um, and like he really comes alive on screen. Yeah, um, I like this a lot better than Suaria. I think yeah. the visual style of Suaria was really interesting mm-hmm. to look at, and uh, but that also had kind of the mockish sentimentality in the story. Right. Whereas this, but Ranbir is, Kapoor was great in it. Ranbir Kapoor was good, but this is more in the vein of you know, it, it is sort of like a Buster Keaton movie where yeah. you have a character who doesn't talk. And has to use his face to get all his emotions mm-hmm. out. And he keeps kind of getting flustered by things, and he has to run back and figure it out. There's also quite a bit of pathos evoked by the character. At one point, his his father uh, falls ill. And his father's trying to make noise, throw things over mm-hmm. there, and Barfy can't hear him because he's asleep. Yeah. And, you know, he can't, he can't hear. He can't say anything. Mm-hmm. So we as the audience start just like, Barfy, wake up! You know? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta hear it. And there's some ingenious stuff with uh, how... Uh, his uh, his doorbell works. Yeah. Um, I really like the invention um, in Barfy's life. He's continually thinking of ways to, you know, just live with his uh, his disabilities. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun to watch people be ingenious on screen. Something that also comes from Jagged Jesus. Yeah, he doesn't let these disabilities hold him back in any way. Yeah. Um, and it, I think also because of them, he doesn't see, you know, with Jamil, Chopra's character, character. Yeah. he doesn't see her as, you know, different than anyone else. Once they go on the run together, it is a fun dynamic that they um, yeah. introduce. And it, it's just really heartwarming to see the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, like any screwball comedy, you know, he's kind of annoyed by her. You got this ditzy dame around mm-hmm. kind of ruining your life. But then eventually they start to like each other. What did you think of the look of this film? Because the aesthetic is really bright and colorful. It's like watching a live-action cartoon. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I'm sure I've made this comparison myself, but I've also heard it. Um, that uh, this period of Basu, this one in Jagged Jasu, is very Wes Anderson, very mm. pastel colors, bright, frame things in the middle of the screen. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I, I think it's a great look. It works great for Anderson. works great for Basu. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really, really fun movie. I highly recommend it. And the music in it is great. This is done by Pritam again. Yeah. Um, and they do have a little band that's kind of over in the corner. But it's not quite as... I don't know. It's not as in your face. No, it's not as in... Exactly. It's not as in your face. And the but I do appreciate here, that the there is a band yeah. like present. And in this... And I guess I in Life, Life in a Metro, I feel like he was trying to have them be like, these are the Greek chorus, and they're mm. rebounding off the uh, the feelings that are evoked by the characters in the film. 
Whereas in this, they're almost like they're more like us, the audience. Yeah. They're they're not explicitly bouncing off the characters. They're just kind of along for the ride too. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that goes down a lot easier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a really fun fun film. I want to watch I, it again. I, I had such a good time. It was we watched it on Eros now, and I got to say, the streaming on that uh, service kind of let us down on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were having some connection problems. Um, I would like to see Elena de Cruz in uh, just another film that's clearly deserving of her talent because I've only ever really seen her in stuff where she's kind of playing a smaller supporting role or just films that, you know, were more B-grade. But here, she is great. And a lot of actresses didn't want to take this role because it was not as strong of a role as Priyanka Chopra's. Um, But she's the narrator and she's Mm -hmm. in the whole film and... I think she brings, like, a real kind of, uh, like, she's the audience. Like, she's kind yeah. of the audience cipher of, like, bringing you into this world. And, and I think kind of the, the conclusion um, where she, you know, admits how she felt all these years is really heartbreaking and really beautiful. There's also, uh, we didn't say, there's also a sort of fun conceit that, uh, in addition to her telling the story, there are some interviews with other people yeah. who knew Barfi at the time. Yeah. So the police chief and <laughs> yes. um, people who work at a school that comes up later on in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, oh, lightning. Uh, that That's a fun little uh, part of the uh, story as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of sort of metatextual um, ways of getting at this. And yeah, I really liked it. I, w- I would love to watch it again. I just yeah. had a great time watching it. Yeah, it's a really fun film. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our last film in this episode, Matt. Jaga Jasus. I also love this movie quite a bit. It's, Jag- it's among my favorite movies of the year. It's okay. definitely top five. Jaga Jasus is currently in theaters after a long and sordid... Sordid? Sordid. Sordid. Uh, Jagged Jasus is currently in theaters after a long and sordid production history. It stars Ranbir Kapoor, Katrina Kaif, and... Saswata Chatterjee. And Saswata Chatterjee. Uh, it is a film about a young teen detective played yeah. by Ranbir Kapoor. He is the titular Jagged Jasus. Yeah. Jasus means detective. Jaga, the detective. Exactly, yes. That's, that's roughly what the title would translate to. Uh, and we kind of see three of his cases. Yeah, and we- in another fun meta aspect, Katrina Cave's character, also named mm-hmm. Shruti, um, she features in the stories, but she's also telling the stories to a group of children. Yes. So she has either she's made all these things up, or <laughs> she's taken her adventures and they made them into a popular series of children's novels. Mm-hmm. And this is delightful. It is. I love that. But it, it is. It's another fun. Wes Anderson-y touch that the characters are artists themselves mm-hmm. and they're creating. Mm-hmm. And that's super fun. And it also leads to some of my favorite parts of the whole movie where these kids are kind of, uh, you know, my, my one criticism is that this story is kind of confusing and mm-hmm. I don't know if a six-year-old would be able to follow it, but we're not actually actually seeing Shruti's book. No. So, you know, maybe she writes it in such a way that it's a bit easier for them to follow. But the their sort of takes on things and the way that, like, the interval is actually incorporated into <laughs> their part of the story. Like, yeah. oh, it's time for a little break, kids. Uh, let's go do that. And then it's interval time. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good kind of a frame narrative mm-hmm. for the film. And it's really fun to see the kids kind of dress up as the adult characters in the story and their little sets. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really sweet. And she's like, you know, like a Rowling level, um, you know, superstar author all these kids like. So this is a giveaway of the third Jagajasus book. Mm-hmm. And there's kids wearing his trademark haircut and glasses. You put it on his little mask. And, yeah, it, it's just super fun. And signatures on them. Yeah. He yeah. signed all of them. And then a kid said, no, we didn't. <laughs> and then this kind of just falls by the wayside, actually. We never know if the mystery of did he sign all these masks. Uh, so the story covers uh, Jaga's adult, like his, his childhood to kind of um, uh, his adolescence. And we think and he's, what, maybe 19 by the end of the yeah, movie? Yeah, he's about 19. Shruti's a little bit older than him, but it's hardly a May-December mm-hmm. romance. So Jaga grew up in a hospital. He was an orphan. In Bengal. Yep. And he stuttered. Mm -hmm. So he didn't like to speak a lot. 
when he was when he's a young boy, he meets uh, <laughs> Bad Luck Bagchi. Bad Luck One of bad my luck favorite Bagchi, characters in a movie he in a long calls time. Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity, because he won't tell him his name. Yeah, and Tutti Fruity teaches him to sing his words because then they come out smooth. And this film, one of the things that we haven't mentioned yet, Matt, is a real musical. It is one hundred percent a musical. A movie where uh, you know we have musical numbers or music videos in the middle of our movies. This is an actual musical. Yeah. The, the most songs, of the speech is song. Yeah, most yeah. of the speech is in song. The songs propel the plot forward. Um, yeah, this is this is an actual musical. And so uh, young Jaga, uh, you know, moves in with Tutti Futi and Tutti Futi becomes his father. I love Tutti Futi's sort of uh, rationalization for how singing and creation can mm-hmm. help you get over a stutter. Uh, he says that the brain is split into left brain and right brain. And people like them, people who are, you know, based on the imagination, sometimes their left brain gets a little caught up. Yeah. So if you create, if you make a song, you can actually get your words out, mm-hmm. which is very much in the style of Anurag Basu. Like, you know, overcome something by creating. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. Yes. And so, unfortunately... When Jack is a young boy, Tutti Futi gets kind of called away. He leaves him at a boarding school. And it, to, Jaga looks forward to videotapes from Tutti Futi every year on his birthday. Another wonderful them, touch. That teaches him about life, and he awaits his Not just father's life, like return. how to load a gun yeah. or, you know, how to find Magnetic North, how to dance. Yeah. It, it's whatever um, bad luck bag chi. Just such a good name. Whatever he thinks is going to be useful for his son that year. Meanwhile, uh, Jaga becomes... Uh, he's, he's rather smart and starts solving mysteries around his school. And so the first mystery that we're kind of uh, involved in or that we're exposed to is about a murder of one of his school teachers. Well, it's a suicide. Wink, wink. Uh, yes. They think it's a suicide at first, but Jaga exclusively solves murders, <laughs> which in his... Small town on the border with, uh, what is it, Burma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of murders that happen, actually. The second mystery involves Katrina Cave, who plays a journalist, coming to town and her getting framed for the murder of a former Naxalite. Yeah. So Naxalites, who we talked about on mm. our episode about Newton, are uh, far-left guerrilla uh, people in India. And um, since... Uh, Jagajasus's town is very close to the border. There's sort of an underground weapons um, channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie actually starts with the Perulia arms drop, mm-hmm. which is a factor of Bengali and Indian history. I'd never heard it before. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Just, you know, black planes dropping guns all over the place. And that's Jagga's last case is to figure out who yeah. is behind this uh, international arms trade? So he really ranks, uh, he really like ratchets up his uh, mystery solving from who killed this teacher to who killed this uh, guy on a uh, Ferris wheel to who's running the international <laughs> arms smuggling trade all across the world. Yeah, and that that mystery is also very much about him tracking down his father Tutti Futi or Bad, bad Luck Bakji. Uh, he re-teams up with Katrina K- Cave, and together they, they go to Africa and prove that uh, he's out there. He's not dead because he's been told that his father has passed away. Yeah, he has to work against the Indian Secret Service as well as the multi-pronged army of uh, the villainous Bashir Alexander. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, don't want to go into that, but <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful villain. But, so what? So what is it about this movie that you love so much, Matt? Well, the songs. Mm-hmm. I really liked all sorts of different kinds of songs. Um, as you noted before, uh, Jaga has difficulty speaking, and he kind of needs a beat in order to uh, get his words out effectively. So sometimes he just beatboxes up a beat and he sings out his uh, conclusions about things. And again, uh, movies about people creating um, and aren't like um, head up their ass artists. Like this is just someone who creates to survive. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The, these songs are really, really fun. 
Uh, from the get-go, when they're describing the arms drop, they create a song out of the news reporters. That's mm-hmm. really fun. Uh, Jaga gives a great song with using all his classmates as a course, including uh, Sayani Gupta, who is kind of the only girl who hanging around the school. Yeah. Um, he kind of uses them uh, to, and they put on like this big musical. Well, number. they do one of those things like, okay, you guys over there say blood, you yeah. guys over there say murder. And then he kind of conducts them. Yeah, and and explains how um, this murder was orchestrated to look like a suicide. Yeah, Uh, really ingenious, by the way, the way that went down. Oh, yeah. There's a great party scene Yeah, uh, where everyone in the party breaks out into song. And it just, it feels, dare I say natural, but it's also so clearly artificial. It's natural in a world in which everyone sings. Yeah, and then Um, there's this great... This great uh, dance sequence where Katrina Kaif uh, and Rambir Kapoor have to raise money and they're dancing yeah. in the streets. And they're oh my broke. God. Like, I, I, I mean, Rambir Kapoor is one of my favorite dancers in Bollywood. I think he's great. But he's. And Katrina Kaif is also oh, one of our favorite dancers. Katrina Kaif is great. And here, when they're dancing, it's just like, it's nothing. And I, what I loved about it is it's really fun and expressive dancing and really mm-hmm. goofy. Um, and it's not, it's never trying to be sexy or serious. Yeah. It's just really, like, youthful and fun and engaging. I think my favorite song in the movie is one in the framing narrative mm-hmm. where uh, Shruti is <laughs> oh, right. explaining the new uh, Jagajasu story to these kids. And they just kind of, sing, kind of start singing a song like, well, the world's going to hell. Who cares? <laughs> and it's like... Reaching a level of sardonic juxtaposing children and international affairs in a way that someone like Bong Joon-ho has been trying to do for a long time. (laughs) Right. I will say that as much as I love this film, it's a little rough, especially in the third act. It feels um, just a little rushed production-wise and unfinished. I will say it's long, and you could probably take out about 20 minutes. You say that about literally every movie. Exactly. I say that about literally every movie. Um, But the third act does feel very rushed, and it's hard not to know. And that's where most of the stuff from the trailer is, actually. Yeah, and it's hard kind of to not know the production story of this film and how... It's been in production since 2014. They've been filming it off and on. When they started this film, Katrina Kaif and Rambir Kapoor were an item. They are no longer together. It's it's awkward seeing them on the publicity junkets now. Yeah. Because they don't seem to really get along. No. Uh, well, and I mean, would you? No. It yeah. would be extremely awkward. Yeah. And I wonder what parts they shot last. Because yeah, I could see know. this movie... Um, Katrina Cave's character leaves for a long time. She goes back mm-hmm. to uh, uh, Calcutta while uh, he stays at his boarding school. And I wonder if this was more of a necessity of the plot in that they just don't get along. Um. Yeah, who's to say? It's, um, if if it is, it's sure. really well done yeah. to kind of hide that. But, yeah, I could see this story also picking up with them together for the whole time, too. There's also a little... A lot of stuff where they're separate. So she spends all that time um, with the school kids, and there's a lot of of, yeah. of Jagger story without her. So they also did have you know, like a lot of filming where they didn't have to yeah. to be together. Yeah, um, but, but I think what also, they got was really good, especially that dance sequence where they're kind so of good. panhandling around uh, Africa, trying to make money and check every single hotel that's called a certain name. So good, and I really feel for them because the Bollywood film industry is small. So unlike in Hollywood, you know, if you have a relationship that doesn't work out, you know, you might run into that person every once in a while. But Katrina Kaif and Rambir Kapoor, two are the biggest stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I do, you know, I, I really feel for them. I will reiterate. We I will reiterate. Sorry, two beers. I will reiterate what I've said on Twitter. Uh, if you don't like Katrina Kaif in this movie, I will fight you. Oh, she okay. She is so good, and this is. You know, again, like Rambir Kapoor, he should be doing these, um, com- where I think he's best at these comedic physical roles. I think Katrina Kaif is best in comedic physical roles. She does the heavy lifting she, on the on oh, the, on the the slapstick. It's great. She does, yeah. She is, you know, I feel like Bollywood, the industry, partly because she is so drop-dead gorgeous, 
is always trying to push her into kind of sex pot, bombshell, seductress roles. Mm-hmm. But what she's really good at is being a comedian. She's such a talented comedian. And when she gets the opportunity to be funny, she starts to channel Lucille Ball for me. Like, yeah. she's so good. She's great at being a ditz. In this one, she's oh. not so much of a ditz as she is a bad luck, which is another yeah. one of my favorite songs, Bad Lucky, is just some people, they break their arms all the time, they fall down. They always pick the wrong thing, and this kind of gives them uh, plot immunity for the story. Yeah. Like, But she's still really smart, and I like that. I like mm-hmm. that she can play... This she's book re- smart. Exactly. She's she not can, really street smart. She can play this really kind of ditzy character who, or who's you know always kind of getting She's caught up mishaps. in the mental. Uh, yeah. yeah. She lives the life of the she's mind. She's very intelligent, I, and I love that. And Katrina Cave, like this... This performance feels so natural, and I just—I really hope that she gets a lot of praise for it because, and that girl deserves it. She works very, very hard, and I like how there's just one throwaway line about how she's from England, and that's why she has an accent. We don't yeah. need to get hung up on actors and actresses' accents. And I personally. thought she looked good before, but throw a pair of glasses on her, even better. <laughs> Yeah, but what I was saying about the the kind of production of this film, this was uh, it's missed its release dates several times. So I think uh, I think it finally made the third one. But Anurag Basu was you know kind of he was tinkering on this. Yeah, he was finishing up the ADR. We can tell he was finishing up the and pulling in the actors right up to right up until days before the release. Yeah, um, to record more lines. He was finishing up the special effects. He missed some of the international release dates because they couldn't deliver the print on time. Yeah. And I, I will say you can see it on screen. It does Especially in that last third when they're in Africa, there's yeah. a lot of stock footage of animals. And I think You don't those, need this many giraffes. Yeah. I think the scenes would have been perfectly dramatic and interesting yeah. on their own. You don't need two giraffes kind of necking each other over on the yeah. side. We get it. They're in Africa. I'm not going to forget yeah, this aspect of, of him as a filmmaker reminds me a lot of Wong Kar Wai. Mm. Wong Kar Wai is one of my all-time favorite directors. Never satisfied with the film. Constantly going back and tinkering with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I think it's unfortunate that the pressures of kind of, you know, the commercial film industry, uh, you know, kind of force you to maybe deliver something that isn't complete. I do wish... It's still a good movie. It is still watchable, but I... I'd like to see a director's cut. Yes. As someone who does produce things at my work, I do understand. Like, sometimes you just need to get it out the door. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wish he could have had a little bit more money, a little bit more time, could have finished that third act, because the first two acts of this are fantastic. Yeah. The third one is fun. And it it's definitely more in the Tintin vein. I know we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, but uh, the movie does recall the classic Hergé uh comics of a plucky young adventurer going around the world and getting into trouble. Um, this is definitely the globe-trotting, wearing costumes, shooting... Uh, not shooting guns. He doesn't shoot guns, but getting shot at a lot. Yeah. Like, this is your kind of Indiana Jones, Tintin-style adventure. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first two are more... Uh, the first two cases are definitely more the, the teen detective. And I think those are more successful. I like the third part, too. Yeah. On the whole, I thought this movie was fantastic, but it could have been a, a flat-out masterpiece had it been a, you know brought to fruition at the very end a little bit better. Yeah, had I, more time. I agree. It does. It doesn't quite get there, but for what it is, it's great mm-hmm. and really delightful. And the, the central two, two performances from Rambir Kapoor and Katrina Kaif. Um, I think are really going to be two of the highlights of the year. I also want to watch it right again, uh, right away. Yeah. It is my favorite Bollywood film of the year so far. Oh, uh, it's not my favorite Indian film. Angamali Diary is still number one, but yeah, this is my favorite uh, Hindi mm-hmm. language film. Well, if it's still playing in theaters in your area, go check it out. Yeah, let us know what you think. Don't get too distracted by all the uh, gossip around it too. I yeah. mean, you, you could go in not knowing that it had a troubled production history and mm-hmm. it had the breakup between uh, Kapoor and Cave. I feel like it might even be better and if Rishi you don't know Kapoor's, that. Uh, angry, yeah, open letter to Anurag Basu. I think it's unlikely that we'll see Ranbir Kapoor and Anurag Basu working together in the also, near future. Also, this movie ends on a fantastic cliffhanger. Spoiler yeah. alert. I would love to see what happens next. I don't Hopefully, think we're going to get a sequel. Well, this is a Disney film, and they right. could potentially make a animated version. 
They could potentially put out the series of Jagajasu's books. Like, I would just be interested in seeing what happens next because I, I really like these characters a lot. Yeah, you'd like to see like a multimedia uh, kind of a trans transmedia narrative a yeah. la Krish. Well, I think they could do a little bit better than Krish, but uh, I think those books would be very entertaining to read. Mm -hmm. I would be interested to see how a mystery series focusing exclusively on murders uh, (laughs) translates to, like, six- and seven-year-olds. Maybe Indian kids are just more hardcore than us. I don't know. Harry Potter was really dark, too. Harry Potter is for, like, 10- to 12-year-olds. Those kids in the Unions were very young. Okay. Well, I mean... I mean, I'm thinking, like, Nate the Great or Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah. Or, um... I see the point that these... these Harriet the Spy, that kind of level. Yeah. I see the point that these mysteries are, you know... You're dealing with murder and arms trading and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but again, like the Harry Potter stuff is, is pretty dark and that yeah. stuff is still, I mean, I'd still say that like the first three books are for kids Yeah, and the first three films. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would, you know, I would love to read these books. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they can actually do something with that. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Disney property I've seen in a long time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I liked it better than Star Wars. <laughs> oh. Well, the last two. Yeah. I mean, this movie was awesome and it yeah. wasn't just a remake mm-hmm. of A New Hope. Uh, but yeah, this is a wonderful film. Mm-hmm. Dan Barfi. Life in a Metro, you know, I could take it or leave it. Um, but the approach to it- creation of art in these movies, um, artists are not just people who make art all the time. Some They're just normal people. Yeah. And they incorporate the creation of art into their lives. And in Barfi and Jagajesus, you see people who are forced by necessity in order to communicate with the outside world. To actually create art somehow. I find it really interesting how Basu has gone from making uh, very adult films, and that Mm -hmm. kind of being his signature, uh, to making kids' movies. And, you know, kind of based on what I've seen, this mode is working. This mode um, is fruitful, it's original, it's creative, it's fun, and it's really engaging. And so I hope the failure of... Or potential failure of Jagged Justice, because unfortunately it's not doing well. I hope that doesn't They're just waiting him. for our review. Yeah, to to go back into um, his previous mode. I hope he... Because Barfi was obviously very successful, so I hope he kind of stays here for a while. But we'll see, and we might be waiting another five years for another film, which is unusual in, in Bollywood. I know that something you harp on uh, with regards to kids' films is that kids are also not interested in romance at mm-hmm. that age. Um, you could just say that someone is boyfriend and girlfriend, and that's good enough. Yeah. And that's basically what you get in Jagged Jazz Suits. Yeah. There's some, like, chaste kissing. Uh, Barfi is a lot more of a romantic film, so it might appeal more to your 12, 13-year-olds and up. Yeah, Barfi is a bit more of a family film. I, I mean, I'd say the same about Jagged Jazz Suits, but I think there's something for everyone in Barfi, even though it is kind of a romance at the center of it. Yeah. Um, whereas Jagged Jazz Suits, you know, if you're eight... Um, if if you only speak English and you can read fast, if you're a kid, yeah. you know definitely check it out. But uh, you know it it is more in the classic uh, you know adventure vein. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back in a couple of weeks, and we'll be welcoming a guest on Matt. Mm-hmm. We'll be welcoming Kathy Gibson of Access Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are unaware of Kathy's site. Uh, we're going to talk to her about it and I encourage you to go check it out because it has an excellent and very useful list of everything that's available on Netflix right now if you're interested in Indian or Pakistani cinema. And she's got a really great uh, set of reviews for the films as well. Exactly. So I, I always look forward to seeing what she says about mm-hmm. movies as they come out. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? If you like the show, go to iTunes, give us that five stars. Come on. Just do it. I'm almost done this beer. Um, just, just give us a five star review. Yeah. Um, leave a little, leave a little review there too. It helps people find the show. Yeah. And um, it also makes us feel good. And we'll read it out in the air too. It's been a long time. Yeah. Someone has to send us one. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. I am personally on Twitter at Erin Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. And I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. You can find us on Facebook. 
Uh, just look up Bollywood is for Lovers. And we have a Tumblr. It's uh, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. We're going to have some exciting news to deliver on the next episode as well. Uh, I'm not going to tell you yet, but uh, keep an eye on our social media and you'll see some stuff coming down the line for us. And, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. 